Hey, Moving Forward listeners, a quick disclaimer before you listen to this episode, which is part of the book writing miniseries that I recorded several years ago. The books I was a co-author on are no longer in print, and I have since permanently parted ways with my former co-author. As such, I have edited these episodes, removing as many mentions of the titles as possible. I'm also adding this disclaimer to minimize any confusion. The basic information contained within is still helpful, which is why I've decided to keep them on this podcast. I also encourage you to listen to episode 388 to learn more about the reasons behind my decision. Now that we've covered that, I hope you enjoy this series and find these episodes helpful. Thank you. Hey, John Lim here. We're moving forward with episode 243. Let's go ahead and jump right in. I have to tell you, I am glad we are out of July and into August. July was a bit of a funky month for me. I don't know. Was it a funky month for you? I had all sorts of weird, quirky things happen. Among them, I mean, I had some some major things, but uh, one of the smaller things, you know, the things that you don't think about are the smaller things that can be really annoying is that I had my MacBook power cord, the uh, the wire frayed at the end. And uh, I didn't know that this was, uh, I mean, I had heard that this can sometimes be a problem, but I didn't really pay much attention to it. I've had my MacBook for quite a while now. And I'm always very careful with it. In fact, I tend to baby it. And if you ever see how I uh, how I wrap it up and then uh, store it and all that stuff, you would laugh. But the power cord in particular, it, you know, I just coil it up like anyone else does. And it, it that's pretty much what it's designed to do. And it had been fine up until uh, <laughs> right in the smack in the middle of July when I noticed that the end was frayed. And when it frays... I mean, if you've ever had that happen, it looks awful. And basically, it just, it was not getting juice to my MacBook. And, uh, you know, of course, I need this thing uh, because I do so much on it. And uh, so I went on YouTube and I realized I use YouTube now more to find the answer to things than uh, Wikipedia or any of the uh, other uh, sites that are more article-based. It's interesting that you can find so much on YouTube. And uh, apparently this is a common issue. There were a lot of YouTube videos that not only talked about the problem, but gave solutions to it. And uh, I'm not much of a uh, engineer, techie type. Some of the videos are really advanced. Like if you really want to fix a frayed wire, they actually go into this and you need all kinds of tools and stuff like that. And I, I'm just... That's not my thing. Uh, but what I did uh, learn was that preventative care is probably the best uh, the best way to, to ensure the longevity of your MacBook power cord. And it, of course, hindsight being 2020, that's not something I thought about over the past couple of years. But it was interesting. One of the one of the solutions is to really just when you get a MacBook power cord is to reinforce it with uh, electrical tape. But probably the most clever uh, simple solution I saw was uh, when you get a new MacBook and a power cord, and I might do this because I've got to get a replacement now, is that you take a clicker pen, open it up, take the spring out because it uses a spring mechanism around the uh, inkwell, 
and then basically wrap it around the cord and that basically gives it a little extra reinforcement so when you're curling it up it's not going to be as uh, abrasive in bending the wire i thought that was really clever sadly though none of those solutions saved my power book uh my macbook power cord it's funny a, a buddy of mine uh, actually gave me he said hey don't worry i've got a spare he had a knockoff from china but it makes this really annoying buzzing sound and i don't know what that is in fact i had to charge up the macbook with that thing before i started recording this podcast because i didn't want you to hear that buzzing noise but it looks like I'm going to have to break down and just get an, uh, a buy a new OEM uh, or a new uh, Apple uh, power cord. But um, but obviously I'm going to look at it more towards uh, making sure that it's reinforced somehow. Uh, I'd love to hear about any tech tips that you have. And at some point I may do a whole uh, series or mini series on life hacks and tech tips and things like that. Anyway, let's go ahead and move into part two. Now, we've talked a lot over the last couple of months about writing your book, and I thought this would be a good point, kind of a mid-series check-in to see where we are. Uh, I anticipate we're going to go through August and September to wrap up the mini-series. We're going to be focusing a lot on the ins and outs of self-publishing and getting your book uh, done and out there. But let's talk about the where you might want to be. Your manuscript is probably what you're working on. And I don't expect that you're following this podcast real-time as I'm releasing the episodes. They're mostly here for you as a reference because I know a lot of you are still in the planning. Maybe you're in the writing stages. And that's going to take a while. But one thing I want to talk about with your manuscript is that when you started, you probably looked at it as this gigantic amorphous blob of text. By now, though, I hope you're looking at it more in terms of building blocks, very structured, very methodical, very organized folders, documents, sections, chapters, and then look at the overall progress of your book according to an anchor that I've talked about before, BME, beginning, middle, and end. Does your book do the folders, do the chapters and sections fit into that BME structure? All right, photos and cover art. We covered this over the last couple of weeks. Have you started reaching out to people uh, for photos if you don't have ones? Or have you started looking at photos of your own that will help uh, provide context or illustrate your story? Uh, start thinking about your cover art. Are you going to hire someone or do it yourself? Editing, have you started... Uh, reaching out to an editor and in fact um, I'm at the point now where I'm working on another book and I'm getting to the early stages of talking with Megan about uh, timelines and strategies and all of that good stuff so you may want to start reaching out to an editor do you know his or her workflow have you worked out and negotiated pricing all of that good stuff front matter uh, I know even if you're still working on your manuscript, you may want to start thinking ahead to who's going to write your forward. Have you contacted that person? Have you explained what the, the concept of the book is? Dedications. Who are you going to dedicate your book to? Is your book the type that's going to have a table of contents or no? And then uh, obviously you're going to be thinking about this closer as you get to the end of the book and you're getting ready to publish. But the back matter. Start thinking about who you're going to thank. Who are the people who contributed to your book? Uh, people who contributed photos or research or ideas or just generally people in your life who inspired you and encouraged you throughout the journey. Start thinking about your author's, author's bio and maybe including a headshot. It doesn't have to necessarily be a professional headshot. Uh, it can be just a, a really uh, nice photo that someone takes of you. But um, think about those uh, questions as well. 
Uh, again, we're going to dive into over the next couple of weeks the ins and outs of actually self-publishing your book, but I thought now would be a good time to do that check-in. The write-up for this episode is at bemovingforward.com. For your homework, just keep working at it. Cross-reference your your progress according to this checklist. See where you are. See where you need to start thinking ahead. All right, part three, Wild and Crazy Guys, How the Comedy Mavericks of the 80s Changed Hollywood Forever by Nick De, De Semelian. I think it's Semelian. I give it four stars. This is a fascinating book that takes a uh, a look at some of the great comedians from the 70s and 80s that got their start on variety shows like Saturday Night Live and SCTV. So a lot of great comedians came from Canada, and SCTV was the uh, their version of SNL, so to speak. And some of the ones profiled include Eddie Murphy, John Belushi, John Candy, Chevy Chase, Bill Murray, and Steve Martin. Uh, the book is so inter- was so interesting to me, and really, a lot of times when we think of comedians, uh, especially from watching their movies and their shows, we think of them as kind of happy, kind of joyous people. But a lot of comedians are very tortured, and it was interesting to see some of the struggles that these individuals went through throughout their careers, their personal lives. The book is filled with a lot of interesting stories, a lot of interviews with many of the uh, people profiled. Uh, It's a fast read, but it doesn't sacrifice on substance. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really well done, and I highly recommend it, especially if you're a fan of any of these comedians. All right, have a great week. Keep working on your book. Keep moving forward. I'll be back next week with a new episode.